Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. So my prayer is that our hearts will be open to receive what the Lord has for each one of us today. And, uh, and I know that, <clears throat> I know the word's good, but uh, sometimes our ability to share that is not that, that great. Let me just do a little um, review. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, we talked about wisdom, wisdom for life. And uh, we tried to define wisdom as the integration of revealed truth into our life. Um, we spoke about the power of cooperating with seasons, the power of choice, and, um, and I just needed to remind us that because um, God has given us free will, he can't give us free will and then try to force us to do anything. That would make him a liar. He can't lie. And uh, I think sometimes we forfeit our free will uh, by simply blaming something else on our current situation, <clears throat> which the next message was on the power or the principle, the universal principle of the seed. Um, your consequences cannot be removed from your choices. And, um, and so they, we learned about the sowing and reaping and that there was no exceptions to this law. Every seed bears fruit after its kind. No sense arguing with that. Works 100% of the time. And uh, that's the law of the seed. The seed is not just the spoken word or the action, but it's always connected to the motive and the spirit behind the word or the action. That's a big deal. My wife can share things with me, but the way she shares them determines whether I receive them or not. And vice versa. It's how something is done, not just what is done. We can take a scripture and use it for a selfish outcome. <clears throat> it's called Bible thumping. Just take the Bible and try to beat someone into understanding it. It doesn't work. The way that it's done is as important as what is done. You can preach a profound truth for a selfish outcome. It's how it's done, not just what is done. So the power of the seed includes the way that that seed is sown. Anybody agree with that? We may not get what we want, but we do get what we choose. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Whatsoever. A man sows, that shall he also reap. So God is not mocked as a result of that. Sin still produces death. So when I trust Jesus and teaching and in living out the law of the seed, it can either work in my favor or it can work against me. <clears throat> the hope says we get on the right side of that. Same with compound interest. Let's get on the right side of that. <laughs> when we define wisdom, 
We're simply moving it out of the theory category, out of knowledge, and into application. That's what we're doing. The word, uh, the Hebrew word for wisdom in the Old Testament is hakam, and it's the same word that's used for artisan, to build something with your hands. So, wisdom builds. In other words, we could equally say that wisdom is not theory, but it practically gives order, meaning, and discernment to decisions while keeping in partnership with the principles and purposes of God that he's built into the world. Um, It does not avoid adversity, but keeps us growing, learning, and succeeding through the different challenges of life. Uh, It might be news to you, but God is always trying to lead us. The the question is, has to do with our followership. How willing are we to follow? Because typically we end up back in the garden again with the two trees. The one tree was an experience and the other was information. Knowledge of good and evil. That's a long ways from an experience. The tree of life. So we get to decide. In any moment, in any decision, what tree we're going to choose from. And in chapter 3 of Proverbs, verse 10, it says that wisdom is a tree of life. Such a profound statement, I think. Uh, I've prayed often for wisdom, but in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, uh, in one of the apostolic prayers, it says that when we're praying for wisdom, and it actually calls it a spirit of wisdom, you should, you should pray that along with the spirit of revelation. When, because those two go together very well. If you have revelation without wisdom, it'll simply turn to arrogance. You'll be, you'll be so proud of your spiritual information. Um, uh, knowledge without wisdom um, ultimately results in foolishness. Uh, as well as, or possibly, idolatry, because you can be so enamored by what you know. And, and this was a challenge to the early church. It's not a new thing, and that's why most of the epistles were written, was to deal with people's fascination with knowledge. It was called, and the word for knowledge in the, new, in the, the a Greek word is uh, gnosis. And there was a group of people called the Gnostics, and they believed that the more knowledge that you had, the more enlightened you would be. This is in the church today, in spades. Let's just get more knowledge, and that will lead to greater understanding and greater enlightenment. Big problem, because it doesn't necessarily lead to encounter, and knowledge compatibly and is even a precursor to wisdom because unless you know something, you won't know what to do with it. Okay, you see the challenge that I'm trying to... Okay, okay. Um, We have lots of knowledge, but not very much uh, wisdom because wisdom embraces values and morals uh, that are unseen. To reject that rejects the unseen world and ultimately leads to rejecting God and undermining godly values and ethics. And we end up then being under the thumb of the government. 
So you have a choice. Actually, we have a responsibility currently to be praying for our governments. That, um, and, and let's do that. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6. And I'm going to wander around here for a little bit. And I just feel like Proverbs um, is such a profound, practical book. And for many, um, if you've not had a great relationship with your father, reading the book of Proverbs very much can be a fatherly encounter because the officer, it's spoken as a, son, a father to his son. And uh, instead of whining about not having a father that spent time with you or shared truths with you or whatever, just read the book of Proverbs, uh, reflect on it, meditate on it. There's 31 of them, one for every day of the week, uh, every day of the month. And uh, I just want to touch base on a couple of these. Uh, Chapter 2 and verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom uh, for the upright. Um, He is a shield to those who walk integrity, guarding the paths of justice and walking over the ways of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. The way that knowledge becomes pleasant to your soul is if you first have wisdom. Otherwise, it goes to your head. We're told that knowledge just puffs up. It was always meant because... Adam, first of all, fed from the tree of life. He had first an encounter before he had knowledge. And he chose to trust in the tree of life. And so for you and I, the same principle applies. Where does wisdom come from? It comes from the Lord. Okay. I want to read chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, 13. Blessed are those who find wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Uh, verse 16, long life is in her hand, right hand, and, le- and in her left hand is riches and honors. Anybody up for that? Long life, riches, and honor. Nothing wrong with that. The problem, the proverb says the problem is when we get riches without wisdom, it'll actually destroy us. Because we don't have the wisdom to know how to steward it. And it becomes a point of pride for us. Does any of you... Anybody found that success without wisdom actually can destroy a person? Okay. And I think that I had one more verse in there. Her ways are all the way, sorry, her her ways are ways of pleasantness and her paths are peace. And she is a tree of life to those that lay hold of her or have an encounter with her. And those that hold her fast are called blessed. We're blessed when we have an encounter with wisdom and choose to make our decisions from the tree of life, from an encounter. It was said of Peter that when he, when he was asked, Jesus asked him, who do you say I, I am? He said, you didn't get that from a teacher. It come, came from an encounter. Flesh and blood could not give you that. And so I'm, the, the best I can do is create a hunger and a thirst for you. You have to make a decision whether Christ becomes wisdom for you or not. I can't have that experience for you. That's a personal encounter with the tree of life that you can still have today. This morning, God is going to shatter some strongholds. I'm glad we sang about that. <clears throat> okay. Um, I don't think this is overhead. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, it says, For our benefit, God made Christ to be wisdom himself. Jesus Christ is the practical application of God. He's wisdom itself. So whatever Jesus did, 
That's what God is like. All the time. All the time. What Jesus did, he's the wisdom of God. He's the, he's the practical expression of God. You wonder what God's like? Look at Jesus. Do you want to know what God wants to do? Just the same thing Jesus did. He is the wisdom of God. Jesus, uh, as he went about his actions, his attitudes, the spirit in which he did things, that's what God is like. I, I can't get over how many times it says, and he healed all. Do you wonder what God is like? He's like Jesus. Jesus was God's expression on the earth. Hebrews chapter 1, it says he was the exact expression, the exact representation. What's God like? Jesus. He's the wisdom of God. Do you wonder what God would do in a situation? Exactly what Jesus did in a situation. I'm trying to emphasize this because we try to exchange knowledge about Jesus for an encounter with Jesus. This, is, this was not meant, today is not meant to teach you about Jesus. It's to lead you to an encounter with Jesus, which is a personal decision. That's up to you. Life and death is before you. Choose life. Choose Jesus. Am I clear? Amen. Um, I, I uh, sometimes fall prey to um, buying stuff from Ikea. <laughs> the problem with that is you have to then build it. <laughs> um, I don't know if you, any male has ever done this before that thinks, I don't need no instructions to build this chair. <laughs> well, Dave built chairs. That's different. But for me, <clears throat> and so then, so whenever my wife's building a chair with me, of course, she goes, no, 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 you're in step three, step one. And I say, yeah, yeah, step one's, let's just go to step three. I don't know how many times, this is the honest truth, it's so embarrassing. I don't know how many times that I have decided those instructions are not right. <laughs> Has anybody ever done that before? And yeah, okay, this is completely wrong. Okay, finally, Ikea's busted. They've got the wrong instructions here. And you look at the chair and it's kind of like this and you go, what happened? Like what and then, and then ultimately, <laughs> I go back to step number one where it says, no, that side of the chair has holes in it. <laughs> this, and you got to put, and then it says put the shorter side and then the bigger side. I ultimately have to admit that Ikea knows what they're talking about. <laughs> it's so humbling. I'm not the only one. <laughs> so many nods from the guys. My, no, yeah. <laughs> And waves pointing at their guys. <clears throat> uh, this is kind of what, this is what I'm trying to get at. Is many times we'll look at scripture and we'll go, "Oh, that can't be right." I mean, we won't out and out say the Bible's wrong. We wouldn't wouldn't quite say that, but we'd sort of say, oh, "I think I think I'm going to try it my way first. <laughs> and you and then you and then you build a pathetic wobbly chair and you realize what's wrong with the scripture anyway. Well, maybe you didn't kind of instead of. Like, I know what's right, and I know what's wrong, and I know what... Wrong tree, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a really, really important part. Because there's so much information available today 
And then we, then we end up judging the source and or the data and or that. And then, then we extrapolate that into, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the government's all dark and this is, it's all going to hell in a handbasket and, and throw hands in the air and stop that. <laughs> stop that. Let's consult the Lord. What if, what if he wants to, like, lead us? And what if he wants to be our instruction? What if he wants to be the practical application of the scripture to us? <laughs> Which is wisdom. Her ways are pleasant. And when we choose to have a heart of wisdom, it says that knowledge is pleasant to us. Long life, riches, these are all in her hands. This is a wonderful thing. It's a great promise. Let me say this about wisdom. I, I actually love, uh, very often in scripture, it says, consider your ways. I think what that means, at least in part, is that... You, uh, you take a moment to consider the outcome of that decision. Consider your way. The decision you're going to make now, consider it because it's going to end up over here. Is that where you want to go? Because that's kind of my question this morning. What do you want from your life? What is it that you really, 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 really want? We, driving to Saskatchewan a few weeks ago, um, I like uh, passing vehicles. And you know when it has a broken line, that means you can pass. So you have permission. Doesn't mean it's the wisest thing to do. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just getting some nods from you all. Because there's things that hold us back. There's real sin that holds us back. And then there's other things that hold us back as well. Laying aside the sin and the weights that easily beset us, it says in Hebrews chapter 12. Just because you can do something. And here's what we tend to do. We tend to think of it like this. Uh, is this a sin or not? Right? And we like to think we know what's right and wrong. Wrong tree. Where does it lead? It may not be an out and out direct and thus saith the Lord. But where might it lead you if you go ahead and go down that path? Yeah. Just because you can, don't use your liberty to destroy yourself. Don't use your freedom to live a crazy life. Use your freedom to now apply wisdom to your life. Okay. Wisdom is the capacity to see the end from the beginning and the practical applying of the ways of God. A wise person will be godly, will be stable, and puts the truth to work. What is true is not always truth. I'm going to say that again. What is true is not always truth. Truth is not just accurate information. That's news. Well, actually, it's not even news. But it could be a fact. But, the, but truth is part of something that began a long time ago, and the outcome of its and its fruit will be good. So it's not just a moment of what's true, but where does that truth, what is the outcome and the fruit of that truth. It's a much bigger thing than just simply what is true. Truth and facts, and facts can be very separate. Um, <clears throat> okay, the, the reason I'm saying that is because sometimes people will take a specific scripture and build their life on it rather than considering the entire counsel of scripture. And then they blame God. <clears throat> wisdom is needed when we're facing a mountain. When we, 
And so I want to talk about the faith wisdom continuum. And because um, and I, I think we're facing mountains. If you're not, I am. And we need the wisdom of God. We need the wisdom that's from above to direct us. It's not believing that God, what, what God will do for you, but believing who he is and trusting his words in your life. Faith trusts the nature of God. And sometimes uh, I think because we're, we love the supernatural is we'd like to see miracles. And many times miracles, uh, we need a miracle because we haven't trusted the path of wisdom. And now we need to get bailed out. Always gonna be, there's always going to be miracles. But there's another way of living, and that's by living wisely. So we don't need a miracle. <clears throat> Are you getting what I'm kind of getting at? I'm, I'm playing with stuff. Um, um, have you noticed that when Jesus did miracles, these, the healing miracles, I love them. Um, when Jesus did miracles, it had nothing to do with morality or ethics. He said he just healed all. Well, shouldn't he have like checked out what kind of life they were leading? He didn't. Now, that's interesting to me. I'm not going to draw a conclusion. I'm just giving you some information. But sometimes we think we have to be a certain, of a certain quality or caliber to receive a miracle. No, no, you just need to come. Don't, don't say, don't make a commitment to God. I'm going to go get my life right, then I'm going to come back. No, no, just today be the day of salvation, of healing, of blessing, of favor. Let today be the day of wisdom. I have a problem with that because he didn't actually confront them on their belief structures. He didn't deal with any of their moral conduct. He didn't uh, go back in their family lines and see if they were all tied in knots or nothing. He just healed them all. I love that. Now, I'm not sure if that's the perfect pattern for us, but it's not bad. I think anybody who wants to can come and receive healing this morning. Anybody who wants to. Anybody. What Jesus did, God wants to do consistently all the time. Okay. <clears throat> we have to trust that he knows all the players and the, and the end of the game. Proverbs 2.7, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright and a shield for those who walk in integrity and guards paths of justice. This is God's definition of justice, not ours. Watching over the ways of the saints. And then it says, when it enters your heart, when discretion will watch over you, wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant uh, to your soul. Chapter 8 and verse 18 says, riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. Chapter 3 and verse 24, sleep will be sweet for you. Why? Because wisdom has protected your conscience. When you're making steps forward and you go off track, your heart will condemn you. It'll start playing games with you. But wisdom, taking, knowing every step, asking the Lord every step. Why am I saying this? Because all of us are in the middle of making a decision. Every day. Every day. And the Lord wants to lead us in ways of wisdom. Because it, from him come wisdom. Okay. Okay, um, now my last uh, point before we pray for people has to do with this, um, I'm, and I'm just going to scoot ahead to James because uh, I, I have a li I've had a bit of a problem with this verse until 
I've asked the Lord to show me what he's trying to say. Here's what I think at least is partially being told. Um, I love how it starts. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's one of the most powerful statements because James was a half-brother Jesus. He hung up with him. <clears throat> he would have to have come to the point, my brother, that's a big deal. So, so James is like the New Testament Proverbs, book of Proverbs, I think. But it starts off kind of strange um, to, to me. But I think he's trying to share one of the deepest spiritual truths, if you have hear, ears to hear it. And that is this. It's basically that you can never hold ground on the outside if you haven't taken it first on the inside. That's a, that's, that's a profound spiritual truth. And we think, oh, we'll just do stuff on the outside. Well, if it's not on the inside, you won't be able to hold it. You might be able to make a decision for a moment, but you won't be able to consistently function like that. That takes wisdom to apply that to your life so that your change you're touched on the inside where your decisions are made in your heart. And now, you're, now you've given, been given uh, permission to steward the knowledge. It seems like he's making a strong case here, uh, uh, first of all, of how patience works with wisdom. And I've never kind of liked this first verse, uh, second verse two, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Are you kidding? Now, just think about that, because when you read the rest of Scripture, it actually is not, it's not that sadistic, saying celebrate when you're in a, in a, facing a mountain. It doesn't say that. So what might it mean? Here's what it might mean. Keep reading. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, or patience in another version, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. I'm interested in getting to that end point right there. Perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Well, he says if you want to do that, you're going to have to actually allow patience to work. And why, why should I celebrate when I'm going through a trial? Why should I celebrate when I'm facing a mountain? Why should I celebrate when I'm dealing with adversity on a specific level? Here's why. Because he says if anybody acts, uh, lacks wisdom, he should ask God. God will give you the next step. And patience says, I'm going to hold on and I can be excited because I know that I know that I know that I know he's coming through. That mountain will come down. That's what I know. I can be excited about that when I fall into a adversity because I know who he is. I know how he consistently functions. I know that I need him. I need his wisdom. And I, if I wait and if I, stay, if I stay true and I hold on, he's going to come through. That's a, such a big deal. I, we sang, I, I know breakthrough is coming. That's hope. But there's a point where you just start to know so deep in your heart that mountain has to come down. Today's the day that mountain's coming down. All I have to do is just wait. I just hold on. I just hold on. He's given me the wisdom to know. He's not going to make that mountain last forever. He's going to give me the ability to get through. That's what's going on. All right. <clears throat> so um, he says, and, and, then, and then by verse uh, um, uh, 17, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Um, did you notice that it starts the verse, uh, verse 16 by don't be deceived? Why would he say don't be deceived? Because we probably are. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. He, did, he shouldn't have had to put that in there unless, don't be deceived. We might think that God is not good and want good and perfect things for us. Don't be deceived. It's a big thing. He said, I want you to know, don't be deceived into thinking while you're holding on. You've got wisdom and you've got patience now. They're working in the same continuum. 
Whenever you've got faith and you don't apply wisdom, it turns into foolishness. Anybody seen people that says, I'm just going to step out in faith? You're a fool. That's not biblical faith. Biblical faith says, I believe, I, here's what, I believe the word and I'm going to stay true and my spirit's going to stay right until I get where he wants me to go. But I don't have to force it. I plant it, weed and water it, and it's going to come to pass. Okay. Um, every good and perfect. Uh, miracles will always, always be available. The goal is always a deeper and closer relationship with Jesus. It's not airlifting us out of a difficult situation. It's getting closer and closer to Jesus. Why am I saying this? Because wherever you're at right now, the Lord wants to give you wisdom to know what to do next. Wherever you're at right now, what you're going to have to do is admit that you need his wisdom. You need to ask. Lord, I need your wisdom. Well, that's not what my other, my other church said. That's not what my mama used to say. That's not been my experience. I, you know what? If, you, if you're so in love with your, other, your previous perspectives and opinions, well, you get the life you choose. Now, the alternative is to let that go. The alternative is to tune into the voice of God, trust what he's saying, and follow. And here's what you'll find out. You'll find out that he's good and perfect. That's what you'll find out. Um, there's two trees. Which one? Which one are you going to choose? Um, um, somet- sometimes, no, but we think, I, I just, let me just, if, if, if I haven't stepped on your toes yet, um, sometimes we need, to, we need to get to an anointed healer to heal us because we don't trust the healer that's within us. And I guess that's okay. I but you know who Jesus is for you? He's the wisdom of God. And you have him on board. Uh, faith needs to take a step. Faith needs to move. And he said, because he says in James that faith without an action, a corresponding action, is dead. Living faith or dead faith, they're quite different. So it moves. Um, but, but without wisdom, you won't have the godly character to sustain the miracle, and here's what I've seen over and over in my life, is when there is a root issue, and I don't deal with the root issue, it'll keep coming back into my life in a different form. It may not always show up quite the same, but it comes back. Tomorrow, this morning I'm going to break, I know the Lord wants to break cycles of dysfunction. I know that. I've seen a picture of a wrecking ball going through a brick wall, and on the other side it was filled with lights. I think the Lord's going to be a wrecking ball this morning. That's what I think. He's going to tear down strong arguments. Arguments that have exalted themselves against Christ and what he has done for us. He's going to tear them down. Smash them. The smithereenies. Um, um, what, what happens, I know what happens in, in what's happened in my life over and over again is... Um, uh, and I don't know, I pro- you guys are probably have better character than me and more wisdom of accessible... But the book of Proverbs warns us about get-rich-quick schemes. And, and, and the, those of us who fall prey to those, confessing myself, are, we, we have to admit that there's either greed or laziness in our heart. The Lord wants to break the cycle. 
of thinking, I'm just going to do it without having to work for it. Well, that's not what the Bible says. Yeah, well, if I just said, no, here's what will happen. If you want to get rich quick, you will fall prey to all kinds of con artists all the time. When, when greed is removed from your heart, they have no power over you. When adversity hits, let's celebrate. It's exciting to know that we can stand under pressure and trust that the Lord's going to come through 100% of the time, all the time. Um, James says, don't let anybody say I'm tested or tempted by God. Don't let anybody say that. This is a whole other thing. While the, while the Lord's just testing me, oh, there's a better way. You can listen and obey. I don't think the Lord tempts and tests us. It says he's, he's unable to do that. That's not what he does. He wants to bless you. Blesses the man. In this moment, God is releasing godly wisdom if you're willing to set aside your particular point of view and trust him. What tree are you going to trust? Well, this is what I know. This is what I've been told. This is what the traditions were. Uh-huh. Or else there's an encounter with the, with the tree of life. And you hold on. Well, this isn't quite what I thought. Yeah, too bad. I'm talking about smashing that stronghold that tries to exalt itself against what Christ has done for us completely. It's simple, and it's, and it's incredibly profound. He says this is, the, don't be deceived, um, because there's no shadow of changing or shifting, sa- sh- sh- shifting of shadows with him. God cannot change. When change takes place, it, it's not him that needs to change, it's us. What do you want from your life? And, you know, is Jesus Lord of your life, or have you just had you know, some good teachings, or have you an encounter, had an encounter with the Lord of the universe? What is it today that you may have to set aside so that you can grab a hold of a greater purpose or promise that God has for you? Wisdom is available if you ask. And when you ask, then you have to trust. Sometimes when the music's a little bit loud, I think it's good because there's too many voices that are competing for the voice of God in our life. Here's what we need to be doing. We need to be people of the word, studying the word. So that when a, when a word comes, we can compare it against the word that we've already studied. And then we can hold true. He says, don't, don't think that, don't, don't even say, don't even say it. Um, this, God's good. Don't even say, let nobody say it when he's tempted. I'm being tempted of God. For God cannot tempt with evil. It says we're tempted when we're drawn away by our own desires and our own lusts. That's what it says. God can't do that. Uh, don't let anybody say that but we're lured away and we're tempted. Then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin, and then sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. All right. I've said lots. I'm going to close. Father, um, in moments, when you bring us knowledge about who you are, it's not so our ears can be tickled. It's so that we can make decisions and adjust our beliefs according to your perfect purpose and principles that we may live blessed lives that you're always you're just waiting to bless people here this morning so father i thank you for your desire to have an encounter with your people right where they're at they don't have to make changes or commitments they just have to trust who you are so i'm asking, Lord, in these next few moments, a transformation would take place supernaturally. 
and that you would, by your spirit, break patterns of thought that had kept us from knowing you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Saran, bring me some, uh, I'm going to lay hands on people that want strongholds broken. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.